Open your eyes. Wake up, Link. I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Miles. And I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And you're listening to Hyrule Field Report. And Jas, what did we do last week? Yeah, last time we were on like a little road trip from Lookout Landing towards the Lost Woods. And Jay, what are we going to do this week? Well, this week, after being rudely ejected from the Lost Woods by a puzzle that I couldn't work out, um, we're actually going to make our way inside there and find out just what the heck's going on. So you were talking about you both came here pretty late in the end. Yes. I did I did the Rito Village as we just as we just did on the podcast. Um I don't think I immediately went down to the depths because that wasn't until I started talking to you guys. I did the Gerudo pretty early, so maybe I did them first. But then I came just I just came here. And um this was on the way to Death Mountain made sense to come here. I remembered coming here in Breath of the Wild pretty early. Um, and as soon as I got here, I immediately was like, oh, well, I can't go through the mist. And this is Tears of the Kingdom. So I'm either going up or I'm going down. <laughs> and there's a big chasm right here. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I did eventually solve it, but the whole reason I didn't come here till later is... Nothing really pointed me in this direction. Um, yeah, I, like, yeah, not in I the same... I, like, in Breath of the Wild, it's, it makes it very clear you're supposed to come here, right? Yeah. And I but guess it's fair I suppose, to say that's not the case here. Yeah, it's more just checking in with an old pal, right? Like That's mm-hmm. why you would do it at this stage. I think eventually, depending on what order you do one of the main quests... You will get directed here at some point, but um, by that point I had finished that main quest, so it was a bit of a moot point. Ah, right. This, like travel this, road this road did assist me something. in said main quest, as we'll get to at the end of this episode, perhaps. Perhaps. Um, but yeah, so the can you get into the? Hyrule Forest from the sky? I know it's how you do it for one of the shrines we'll get to later in the episode. I don't... But... You mean, like, that make that the way you first get there? Yeah. Um, it... possibly. I mean, if you, yeah, if you did, please let us know. North, maybe? Possibly. If you had enough stamina, um... you could probably make it work. Yeah, I think the the one to the north is the how you're yeah, probably meant to get that shrine that you mentioned, though, right? Like, I guess maybe, yeah, maybe. Not, like, you, I don't think you would land in the actual central Iroh forest. Oh. I suppose because there's probably a there's actually a hard area transition to get into there, maybe. Um, I don't I don't know if the technicality of it would work in that regard, but. In any case, I think we all we all got in from the depths, right? Yeah. Yeah. That feels like a um, very bespoke, like little quest they've made for you to do that. Yeah. Um, and there's four light routes dotted around this sort of area as well. So even if you're coming at this area from just traversing the depths, 
as normal um you're probably going to be drawn here from one direction or another right because you'll you'll spot it um you'll spot a light route from one angle um but just so if you go to the tower and launch up the hyrule forest it looks like one big cloud from above Mm, there's not like an opening got you yeah because there is almost like a black cube around the place right um it's it's more like just like a big like star-shaped white cloud yeah yeah but um yeah so the korok grove is what it's known as well if you'll first descend you'll appear in the minshi grove um Mm. side note if you go a little bit south from your entry point um there is actually a, a piece of armor which you might get a treasure chest for later the tunic of the sky hmm. so there you go oh that's one of the um the sort of old game armors that you can find yeah so or all the skyward sword yeah. yeah yeah um and you can get it with amiibo um mm. But I think you, you, I think you can also. It was Amiibo exclusive in Breath of the Wild, but you can actually collect them in game in Tears of the Kingdom, which is, in my humble opinion, how it always should be. <laughs> you know. Yes. But um, there you go. Yeah, my um, my Amiibo thoughts are weird because, to like, I buy Amiibo because I think they're nice little figures of Nintendo characters. So to me, anything they unlock in-game is just a bonus. Mm-hmm. And then, so the debate is really weird because it's like, if what Amiibo give you is too good, then it feels like, oh, you have to buy this toy to appreciate the game. But if what Amiibo gives you is not good enough, then people complain, oh, what's the point in Amiibo? They don't give you anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose... So I kind of feel I'm like... Under- if, if you're treating Amiibo as just like their in-game purchase is what you're buying, I think you're coming out in the wrong way. You've got to treat them as just their figurines and everything else is a bonus. That's the way I treat them. Yeah. But I do agree with you. When, when was the last thing you actually scanned a, an Amiibo in a game? I did it for um, Fire Emblem Engage, so yeah, I could dress enough. people up as Ike. <laughs> I always do it in Splatoon because I want the gear. Yeah, that's the last time I've done it, but that was like even that was like a year ago. Yeah, when Splatoon three came out, I scanned all my Splatoon amiibos and called it a day. So yeah, Um, yeah, I I agree, Jay. It is good now that you can get those armors in game. Yes. And now people just complain that um, the rewards in the depths are boring, instead of that the amiibo rewards are boring. Yeah, we'll maybe talk about that in a, a wrap-up episode towards the end of our journey. But yeah, in, um, but this journey into the depths, we'll be going into the uh, the Korok Grove, um, and kind of immediately upon entry, um, it's a gloom spawn. <laughs> Just yes. immediately. There. So interestingly, this gloom spawn um, was the first one I ever killed. Oh, okay. Um, but we probably won't talk about it because there's one that it makes much more sense to talk about killing in yes. a minute. Yes, I was going to say, yeah, we'll, we'll come to that in a, in a minute. Mines was the first one we spoke about in that cave. I uh, 
I was able. I think I spoke about it at the time. I'd be able to climb a ledge and almost cheat it. But interesting. Yeah. Well, when we talked about that one, I still hadn't killed one. Mm-hmm. Um, Same as well. And I yeah. talk about mine as well, which is like kind of further away than where we are right now. Um, but we'll do that after we do the main one. Yes. Yeah. Now, there's a sort of a pillar that you're meant to ascend through, which I don't think we've actually spoken about. There's a few of these dotted about the depths that you'll find that bring you up to the surface somewhere. Um, I feel like this is still the only one I've done, so I'm interested to hear that there's more. Yeah, they don't they don't seem to take you anywhere cool. Yeah, <laughs> I this, don't this know why they're the there. That... It's like a necessity to use it, right? I think there's yeah. one that takes you... The only one I remember being quite a cool one is one that takes you up to like the very top of the uh, Lake Hylia Bridge. Mm. And it, that would be a bit of a ball lake to climb or, or get to, usually. Um, but this one, actually, you know, there's a quest reason for this one existing. Yes. Um, and yes, well, as soon as I saw that go. shape, I was like, ah, right, vindication, I am doing this the correct way. Uh, before we go through that, though, do you want to speak about our first Colosseum? Ooh, we could do. Um, I haven't done it. Oh, well. It's I haven't the... Colosseumed. You've not done any of them? <laughs> no, they're scary. <laughs> they are scary. <laughs> <laughs> I get that though, like, yeah. like I hate that aspect sometimes. Like when you're playing Tears of Tears of the Kingdom, like you'd see like like a new enemy or whatever, and you're like, like you know you should be fighting it, but you're like too scary, I'm not fighting it yet. <laughs> and then you usually just forget about it, and like, you're like I should have right, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm sure it's fine. This one isn't as scary as the one near the Great Abandoned Central Mine, which is probably should be your last one. <laughs> That you should do um this one to so do, do you up for going into it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so this one uh, it's the forest coliseum um and if you kind of go a little bit west from the light route you might spot some bananas on the ground <laughs> so if you follow the bananas um at the very end there'll be a pile of bananas in the middle of the coliseum and then if you uh if you pick that up, the door closes. Two Yuga feet, foot soldiers jump in and they they go, they say to Link, oh, you're so greedy, why do you think, and you're so stupid, why do you think anyone would just leave precious bananas lying about? Come on, you idiot, we've caught you now. Ha ha ha. And they, uh, they open a door at the far end of the Colosseum and out pops a black Hinox. So, you know, a pretty souped up enemy. And um, this one's obviously gloom reefed as well, so a pretty nasty enemy to face at this stage of the game. Um, yeah, if, if you come to it as early as we're talking about in the pod, then for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think any later though, and it might not be as a massive challenge. This is definitely meant to be one of the first coliseums that you're, you're meant to do, because later ones are waves of enemies that can be quite difficult. This one, not so much. It's just mm. the, the one black Hinox. Granted, it is a, a black Hinox. It is a gloom one. 
yeah, um, is a nasty guy. Um, you don't even need to fight the Yiga afterwards, as far as I know, once you beat the Black Hinox, they see you beat the Black Hinox and they're like, oh, no, we're not fighting a guy that can take down that monster, I'm off, see ya! Um, and they, they dash away. And uh, there's a chest that then oh, kind of loses its... It had gloom wrapped around it, the gloom dissipates allows you to open the chest, and it highlights that these are pretty worth doing because the rewards you get within them are usually worth it. You get the Korok mask for your troubles here. Ah, cool. Which is the mask, it was in Tears of the Kingdom as well, although I'm pretty sure... So it was added in the DLC for Breath of the Wild, I think. I don't think it was in the base game. Yes, I said Tears of the Kingdom as well, didn't I? You did. (laughs) It was in Breath of the Wild as DLC, you are spot on. Um... Which, if you're near to a Korok, the um, the mask will begin to shake about. There's a little pinwheel attached to the mask that'll start spinning like crazy. So it doesn't out and out tell you where the Koroks are. Um, no, but it which is good. You're near one. It lets you know you're near one. So it's a cool little item, and it's it's one that I did wear quite often as I was just traveling about the world, just because it's. Sometimes, quite you know, sometimes some of the Koroks can be reasonably well squirreled away, um, and this one allows you to to spot them more easily. It might also cotton you on to like a, a, a kind of recurring Korok puzzle that you might not have even known was a Korok thing. You might just thought, oh, this is just a random sign or mm. something like that. Um, I think in this game it helped because I don't remember if this one tears better for the wild or not. But the one where there's like red arrows pointing towards a location you need to stand as like a hidden Korok. Um, I didn't think, I I thought, I didn't think those were Korok related when I first saw them. I just kind of, I don't know what I thought they were until I had this mask on and it was shaking like crazy. I was like, oh, this must be something for me to do. And hence it helped. So it's a good early item to have as well because it means you'll, you know, naturally pick up a good number of Korok seeds and allow you to expand your inventory on your journey. So all the more reason if you are coming to this early, like we are in the pod, it's a good early pickup. I see. And that's uh, James J. Boyle's Tears of the Kingdom's yeah. tips corner for this week. <laughs> more you know, me out, man, like with the red arrows, I had no clue what those things are. Ah, well, there you go. There you I know what I'm like, what do here, like this way, that way, and then I just gave up. <laughs> What was I'm you sure said, I have, you? but I'm wondering if I've actually encountered these arrows you're talking about. Uh, well, if you've popped to the Port Forest Coliseum, get yourself your mask, you might, uh, you yep. might come across them. You know, either. But yeah, so what you were mentioning beforehand was there's like a, like an inverse mountain kind of descending from the ceiling of the depths, which you can then take upwards to get into the back into the Hyrule Forest. And, yeah, that's your puzzle to get in there this time round. As opposed to yes. the, following the um, the woods like you did in Breath of the Wild. So. And you pretty much emerge right in the centre, right in front of the deck tree. Where, basically where the sword was in Breath of the Wild. That's right, yeah. Um... Although he's not doing too well. No. He's a borderline Ocarina of Time great Deku Tree right now. He's almost on. Yeah, yeah, good point. Knock, knock, knocking on death's door. 
Um, so... I think you you get one of the Koroks to they come up and tell you that there's something wrong and the Decatrice was complaining about something in his belly. Is that right? Something like that. I don't think you can you can't do any of the the sort of the side quests or the shrine quests. Yeah. Because it, ah. most of the Koroks are sort of lying around all... They're kind of lifeless. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it's Decatry himself who kind of is grumbling about um, his stomach. He's not making a lot of sense, but he's... He, he does mention stomach. It's painful. Is that not right? Yeah. Or like, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of eerie just seeing the Koroks just standing there just... Yeah, they're like Same little nothing. like wooden puppets or something. It's like, are they only animated because the Deku Tree animates them? Perhaps, like they're. I presume they're obviously seeds born from the Great Deku Tree itself. So, mm. if he's not, you know, functioning. But Mind maybe... you, you see corn flying about in the wild, so maybe it's just the yeah. overall. Yeah, maybe presence yeah, just... within the mm -hmm. the Great Forest. By whatever's affecting him, yeah. The, the gloom as it's as it's kind of fallen literally <laughs> over Hyrule Forest. It's not as animated or or anything at all like it is in uh, it is in Breath of the Wild. But when he describes having pain in his tummy, what he means is you need to climb down, climb into his mouth, and jump down a hole into the bowels of the Great Deku Tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, chamber. It's kind of a little callback to Ocarina Time. Yeah. Day. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, is there going to be a whole ass dungeon in here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not really, just a, a little boss fight, basically. Yeah, so it's a gloom hand initially, right? Yeah, so this is the first, like this, I'm sure for many players, is the first one they killed because it's the one you have to kill. Mm-hmm. Yep, so I guess we can finally talk about actually fighting one of these. Yes. The first stage, uh, you really, there is no other option than just unleash bombs, right? Uh, I think that's the way that you're, you're, you're definitely, you're definitely kind of, it's the way I always got them is, I always would, you know, just fire bomb arrows at them like crazy. Um... And the ideal would, scenario um, is you've got a um, some kind of multi-shot bow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, if, if you... you're fortunate enough to have defeated a Lionel by this point, mm -hmm. that's that was always my go-to yeah. for for what. Well, you at least have a double-shot one from the Rito quest, right? You could use that. Uh, yeah, that's true. Like the champion. Yeah, if, if you did if you did that quest, that would be a great time to bust it out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the weird thing about fighting the Gloomspawn at this stage is starting the fight is the hardest part. You need to once, but once you get one shot off, they're kind of stunned. Maybe you can you've lit a fire that you can use to updraft yourself into the sky, and then you can just like keep hitting them with bomb arrows until they're done. But if you don't get your first shot off and they grab you. Like, running away to a distance where you can fight them, that's the tricky part. Mm -hmm. So once you have the upper hand, you've, you've basically got them beat. But getting into that position to start with, that's the dicey part. 
So they're an interesting fight in that way. I think we, we've talked about this a little bit before. In many ways, they are this game's guardian. Yes. You know, they're really tough and scary at first, but you can eventually... You're able to fight them and you realize they're not that bad. I don't like that... What I, what I loved about the Guardians was that once you learned them, you could actually beat them with pretty basic weapons, right? If you got good at parrying their beam, any sword and shield would let you kill a Guardian. Whereas the Gloomspawn, I, maybe there is, but I haven't found a way to kill them that doesn't involve using resources. That doesn't involve, I've got a lot of bombs to use on them. Think... They don't feel quite as elegant to me for that reason. Yeah, and I would often, I'll be honest, after the first few times I defeated one of these guys, I wouldn't really, if one of them spawned, I would usually just leg it. Yeah. <laughs> not because I can't beat them. I could. I've got enough resources. But it's not but worth it. It's yeah, not worth it. Ward. That's it. I mean, you do get, like, if you've got... I'll say probably one of the better things that they can drop, and we'll get to that in a minute, is some of the weapons that you get in the second mm. phase. Mm. But if you've got a full suite of really good weapons, you know, the other things they drop, like the Dark Stones, I think that's what they're called, that you can potentially get from them, they're not superb. Some of the weapons, they're, we'll, we'll come to them in a minute as well. That's it. Yeah, they're... they're whereas the, you know, the... the, the ancient cores you would get things like that which you could then use to craft like the ancient arrows or mm. the ancient armor the 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 guardian weapons that you could get from robbie's lab in the first game those felt worth it more so than what you get from the gloom spawns so no, I, I specifically remember like farming guardians because the gear you can mm -hmm. make was so good Whereas I can't imagine ever being at a point where I would choose to farm the Gloomspawn in this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I quite enjoyed I, I don't <laughs> the weapons that they dropped, to be honest. Once we get, when you speak about like the thing. So yeah, let's, let's move into so. Let's rip. Let's speak about the elephant the weapons in the room. Before <laughs> so yeah, so, once yes. you defeat the act, the just hands coming out the floor version. Um, you get a whole second fight with Phantom Ganondorf. But is it called Phantom Ganon or Phantom Ganondorf? Phantom Ganon. Phantom Ganon. Yeah. Phantom yeah. Ganon. yeah. Yeah. Um, first, first time this time. happens. Oh my god. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> I so I had that one in the the cave that we spoke about earlier on. Um, right. So that's well early in the game for you as well. Yeah. I. Uh, I can't remember if I beat that, like, the Phantom Ganon version, or if I saw that and was like, nope, nope, no, nope, no, 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 It's such a cool moment, though. Like, um, oh, it, just a fantastic, like, Phantom Ganon obviously has been a recurring enemy in Zelda since Ocarina? Yeah, I think I you believe. find one in Ocarina, yeah. Because the Ocarina one's the one that, that goes for the portraits, the yeah, um, and he's in um, he's in Wind Waker as well. well yeah, it's like you a puppet. It. <laughs> That's it, the puppet. Um, and then of course he's in Tears of the Kingdom as well. Um, what he, one thing I did notice 
we'll come to his actual moves and such in a minute. But does he do the age-old thing that he does in those games, where you have to do the playing tennis with him? <laughs> no, this one doesn't. We'll get to that much, much later in this podcast. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's a little sad. Because yeah. that's, I'd to like me, a that's a pretty cool kind of moment with my first, like, gun spawn as well with the Phantom Oh, Ganon. yeah, where was yours? Yeah, mine's was the... I'd went down, like, the, the Tango Island chasm. The where, sorry? Far. Tingle Island. Oh, Tingle Island? Nice. Oh! Yeah, yeah, I had, like, an old treasure map that I was, like, following, so I was like, oh, go down in this, like, down this chasm, like, and obviously at the very bottom, in the depths of Davdi Island, there is a glimpse spot, and that's where I first revealed Phantom Ganon. Like, so obviously, nice. That is a cool menacing. Moment, like, a cool, like, an unscripted <laughs> moment for me, since it was, like, the, like, I was battling for this treasure. Like, now it was Phantom Ganon, like, guarding it. Like, such a cool moment. Like, it's almost like Tingle set it upon you <laughs> from across the dimension. <laughs> that is Tingle. That's what came of him. That's yeah, yeah. We had he's had a tough time since Wind Waker. He got he got sick of the I want to be a fairy, and he's like, no, I want to be Ganondorf. <laughs> that's where it's actually at. That's actually. I mean, none of us have finished it, but I'm reliably informed that's the true ending of Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land. <laughs> I will say, so for me, I came down here and I killed that first gloom spawn, like when you go down the chasm. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I came, came down the chasm before the Lost Woods, right? And killed the gloom spawn. I think for many players, it will have been they came down here, ran away from that one, and then when they got to the actual Great Deputy and they had to come down and realize there's one they have to fight, that was probably a pretty cool moment. Mm. So I I almost sort of robbed myself of the drama by killing the one outside first. Mm, okay. I I like that the like they put that one there for you to run away from. Yeah, that's why I was kind like, of mentioning why mine was kind of like unscripted, is. where this is kind of like almost a scripted situation. Well, that's it. I did the scripted situation, but I broke the script because I killed the one right. which I think they expect <laughs> you to run away from. <laughs> Because that's I can imagine that right. You're like, oh my god, what are these things? Leg it, and then five minutes later, you're like, oh, I'm locked in a room with one. There's no legging it from this one. That's a cool. See, it's interesting because whilst you're probably right, and a lot of players did, you know, pop up to the the um, I keep wanting to call it the Kokuri Kokiri Forest, the Great Hyrule Forest, <laughs> um, and that's how they ended up, you know, finding the first gloom spawn. I was actually looking into this while we were chatting, um. The only point the game directs you to go to this area is incredibly late in the game. It is literally if probably one of the last main quests you could conceivably have mm. um, before the ending quest. So, I have, I think most strange, players like me, if you, they would have come if, here yeah. because they played Breath of the Wild. And I, it feels like you're you're spot on though with what you're saying. Like this probably feels like maybe one of the first intended gloom spawn battles and Phantom Ganon battles mm. in the game, but it doesn't match up with how they arranged the game in that regard. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it, I think it's and again yeah, it's why I think like in the, parts like in the overworld right like there's like ruins. Like I feel like most people are going to kind of bump into gloom spawns. Maybe maybe. 
battle them and defeat them, but like there's a lot of runes kind of dotted about over a Hyrule field, and I think that's where most people probably see their first gloom spawn. And probably beat beat it as well, yeah, by especially be. by the point that the game gives you the quest to come to the find out the Great Deku Tree, um, and uh, yeah, I think it's it's probably why I know I certainly didn't come to the to this neck of the woods until the point I got the main quest to go here, um, but yeah. It, I think it would have probably been a better moment for me had I come here earlier, like like yourself, Luke. Um, mm. But yeah, interesting little hiccup just by, I suppose, how the game's designed, though. They can't fully script your adventure, but just by the nature of how the, the game's laid out. So, yeah. But we haven't even spoken about beyond saying what he can't do, <laughs> the actual battle with Phantom Ganon itself. Yes, so it's very much a duel. It's the kind of fight that was missing in Breath of the Wild for me. So I really like this. Um, yeah, I think... Um, you and him, mano and mano, swords, do the parry or do the um, the dodge. That gives you an opening to wail. What I like is he he's kind of standing in a pool of gloom. Gloom. Yeah. But if you get a good parry or you get a good perfect dodge, then you have an opening where his gloom disappears and he's open to be attacked. It disappears, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so that's how you meant to fight him. Mm-hmm. Which I dig. You know, I love I love parrying and I love bayonet dodging. So I, I love any fight in these games that actually makes me, encourages me to use those techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, I dig, yeah. Like, all of my complaints about the Gloomspawn not being as cool to fight as the Guardians, this kind of makes up for it. I love fighting the actual Phantom Ganons. Yeah, and I I think I would probably... Because this phase doesn't take up a lot of resources. It's more a test of skill, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Like, you might lose a weapon or two, but that's any combat in this game. Whereas bombs... If you're fighting every gloom spawn, it will take a good, you know, maybe eight to ten bombs, maybe more. Mm-hmm. To, That's to why you do spawn. the cannon meta. Ah, the <laughs> cannon on a long sword or like back. a boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the way to do it if I'd been smarter. Um, but yeah, fighting Phantom Gan himself, very fun. Yeah. Um, visually, like, such a cool design for Phantom Ganon as well, because it gives you hints of what Ganon Dorf yeah, looks but like, but it's like also the mummy version that we the mummy of. version exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's a little teaser for what might be to come later in the game. Kind of gets your mind racing a bit, going, "Oh, what's Ganondorf actually going to look like when I fight him?" Yeah, if it had, if it had been the full final form, it would have been a bit a disappointing. Cheap in the final that, fight, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. the cheapen. So yeah, I think it is very well done. Speaking of fun to fight, I just killed that uh, black Hinox in the Colosseum. <laughs> hey! <laughs> With a Phantom Ganon weapon, as it happens. Uh, so yeah, you kill a, when you kill a Phantom Ganon, you can get you get his bow, which is yeah. really interesting. Best bow, it best does bow more game. damage. Best bow in the game. I think it doesn't have the negative... You have. Yep. 
yeah yeah but the more the more attack power and i think it's more it's not even based by how much you hearts. lose yeah, it's your total i think it's, total it's your total hearts but you will lose power if you get gloom damage right that makes sense um but yeah so like it can be i think it, it caps at 60 attack which mm. is for a bow ridiculous yeah. <laughs> um, it's also just a really it, like, cool looking bow as well on the one hand i might think that it would be more sort of cool gameplay if it was more damage when you're on low health right but that's not how a super villain like ganondorf would operate he wants to be like i'm at my full power and i'm just there's nothing you can do and i'm murking you mm-hmm. so i think it makes perfect sense as his weapon Whereas I think the I... swords he drops, yes. So he drops the gloom sword, a gloom club, and a gloom spear. Um, they do damage as you hold them. Yes, that's actually another point that we didn't mention. So I think the one you fight in the the um, the, the Great Deku Tree's stomach, <laughs> I think, is a sword one. Yeah, yeah, and so, so, is, so is the one under the chasm. Yeah. Yeah, but you will also fight variants which will have um, a two-handed well. club and it does more like power attacks on you or a spear, which I would personally say is the more difficult of the three to fight, just because that range can be sometimes a bit tricky to factor when it comes to that. Um, and yeah, so these weapons, as you were saying, Luke. Yeah, when you hold them, they're doing gloom damage. And I can't believe this. It took one of my students, like, just saying this offhandly, like, you just fuse them with a different weapon. And then you're not yeah. holding them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then, yeah, you've got absolute beast weapons. One thing I found that you can do, like, with the gloom weapons as well, though, if you have, if you get light dragon scales, mm. those, like, have healing properties, so when you attack with the gloom weapon, the the dragon's light dragon skills attached to it, it heals you on it. Ah. So you're kind of offsetting, you're taking damage, but then you're offsetting it with more attacks that you put in. I see. And this has been James the Jaster Stewart's Pro Gamer Tip Hour. <laughs> it's pretty neat. Like oh. it's not. It's not like a massive like health regeneration. Like it would be nice if it was a little better than it is, but I like it helps it. offset I it. Though, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Very cool encounter. And that is. Great Deku Tree. He's now healed up. Basically, you just have to kill that thing, and it's all good. Yep, it was. Uh, that was what's causing him the. Kept the little pesky virus in his tongue. Oh, all the pain. <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, when you have like a like a stomach illness, people call it a bug, right? Mm-hmm. And people also call insects bugs. But the first time yes. I ever heard anyone call an insect a bug was like a real gnarly looking little beetle, like a little black beetle with like pincers. <laughs> so I was like, when I have a tummy bug, there's one of them in me? 
<laughs> that would actually if I was a kid I would have been screaming like get it out get it out but luckily at the time I saw this bug and thought that I didn't currently have a stomach bug but I guess the next time I did have a funny tummy I was thinking like shit there's a little beetle in me <laughs> <laughs> and you were fine with this I don't I don't remember maybe, maybe I'd figured out that wasn't the case before it came up <laughs> But yeah, like you say, if I had genuinely thought there was a beetle, like like in the first Mummy film, it was just a scarab beetle in my guts crawling around. I don't think I would have been fine. Or the little parasite that they put inside um, Mr. Anderson yeah. <laughs> in the Matrix. No, I can't imagine I would have been fine with that. <laughs> but now we can do some nice, fun little shrine quests up here in the Great Hyrule well, Forest. I'm curious, does the... Cause... When I finished this quest, I got the old, the old. Here's a quest. Complete. You've already completed the quest because I'd uh, done the next stage already. By the time I'd, you know, made the the Great Deku Tree feel happy again. Does he I give you any other? Talk about that at the end of the episode because yes, he does give you some useful. Okay, well, I'll I'll let you I'll let you fill your cliffhanger and take us forward. Yeah. So first we've got. Um, like, around the Great Deku Tree, there's a few Koroks who each lead you to their own little shrine quests. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's a shrine right outside, which is, like, your classic, here's your fast travel shrine. Musanokia Shrine. Swing to hit. Uh... Do I remember this one? The name rings about. I think. I think it's like you've got big, um, like pendulums, and you have to lift it up oh, and yeah, let it go, and it knocks a ball. Yeah, the kind of little, little bridges attached, and you want to kind of make your way across. Movement. What it is? Yeah, you have to like attach a block yeah. to a thing so that it swings with a bit more momentum and hits the switch, stuff like that. I'll be honest, lads, I don't remember this. I think I cheesed this one. I think I did it by the book. It's, it's not that hard. You just make sure the things oh, yeah, you hit the other thing. to hit the targets. Yeah, yeah I, I absolutely cheesed this one. <laughs> I think there's a bit at the end at where you have something you have to make right down a little rail. And I think yeah. I got that bit wrong a lot of times before I finally got it right. And I think the solution I had probably was like a big old cheese. <laughs> but that's the beauty of this, right? Yeah, I've just seen, I just watched the Zelda Dungeon video and it looked incredibly simple. And I have no memory of doing that, so I had some sort of clearly convoluted cheese idea that ended up probably being more complex than what you're actually quote unquote meant to do. So, yeah. Them's the breaks! Yeah. And next to the shrine, there are multiple. Um, there's like, there's a little, he's like a boss Korok. He's got like extra mushrooms on his head, like a slightly bigger one. Not Hestu big. Yeah, he's like an elder. Yeah, he will say like, oh, there's some Koroks who need help. Follow the lights. Yeah, there's also a ton of other little quests around here as well. Which you might want to talk about before we go to the lights. Uh, Are you talking about Um, the fella who wants you to show him a picture of a whirlpool? 
That's one of them. Yep. Um, <laughs> Anything more to say on that one? <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, there he are. does ask you for uh, a whirlpool, like a regular water whirlpool, but also a, a sandy circle. After, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's worth yeah, it. So. <laughs> yep. So not much to say on it's that. A little bit was um, for me. Uh, <laughs> the animal. The, the, the question for that, that though, I was one. thinking the whirliest whirly things above shrines. Ah, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's one called the secret room, where um he says what his mates in the great Deku tree's mouth above the spore store, and if you go into the the little shop area of the great Deku tree where you'll have like the mushroom shop and a general store and a little inn. If you ascend there, you'll end up in a little secret room, mm. um, which is the mouth, I guess. And inside there, there's a, um, a, another Korok. He wants you to collect some things to decorate the secret room he's building, <laughs> um, yeah, which I think is a few flowers and some bright blooms. And then he uh, he gives you a Korok fabric, which... Uh, I think that's the one I currently use on my glider. Ah. Yes, it is. So yeah. He also, and, uh, I love, I love the ending of that quest when he's made the perfect bedroom, but you could only get in or out of it using a sand, and he's like, "Oh wait, no one can come here." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they're funny little guys. Yep. Yeah, I love the Korok. Uh, That's why I've got the Korok um, sale because yeah, they're fun little guys. After you done that one. I don't know if it's directly after... Nope, it's a different quest altogether. Um, I think the other guy right, at the, right top, at the top. Yeah. yeah, he gives you a treasure hunt to find um, some of the Korok weapons, so the Forest Dweller's sword, or spear, and the shield, which are um, like dotted around branches and parts of the Great Deku Tree. This one was hard. I remember having real problem trying to find these <laughs> these uh, yeah, pieces of weapons and such, but I guess if you maybe do the little like, not exploit but trick where you turn on Ultra Hand briefly, maybe it'll highlight them and you can spot them a bit more easily. That might help, yeah. And then you finish his quest and he's basically just like, oh, I guess I didn't hide them well enough because you found them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I think his the reasoning is you're helping, you're finding them to check that they're well hidden enough for his friends to go on like a treasure hunt or something was the gist. Mm-hmm. And I guess Koroks would be better at hiding things. Yes. Than, than yeah, a, a these forest realm weapons are actually, like, they're handy utility weapons as well, because of the skill they have. Are they the ones that, like, you when it breaks, whatever item you had attached to it is recovered? Yeah, it doesn't break, like, so you can use, like, the muddle buds, like, on them. I always had, like, a muddle bud uh, spear. Yeah. So ah. you could, like, you'd basically you never use up the muddle wood. You just need to wait Clever. for them to kind of respawn and make your just like spear poke the enemies and they're all fighting each other. Okay, that's pretty Create cool. A bit of space. Yeah, or you could use it with the um, the like puff shroom as well and puff have, like instant, well, yeah. instant escape routes. Some backstabs for like quick weapon swap. Yeah. So yeah, they can be used smartly. And that's that's really cool because 
Korok weapons were basically useless in Breath of the Wild. The only time you'd use them yeah. is if they're the only one you had that wasn't metal and it was about to be a thunderstorm. Yeah, so it's like another kind of neat reason to kind of go here like this early as well, because then you would be kind of set from. Yeah, if you came here really late, then maybe you didn't actually use any of this stuff, Jay. Almost hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent, because I would have had probably a very strong set of weapons at this point. Right. That makes sense. So the the lights you were talking about um, guide you to kind of three different exits of the central sort of area, mm-hmm. and three different shrine quests for us to sink our teeth into. Yeah. Uh, start with Ninji's shrine. Uh, well, I think all three of them. The shrine is just a Rauru's blessing, right? Uh, da Correct. Ninji Shrine yeah. is not, or is it? Oh yeah, it is. It is a blessing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the first um, one. So Maka's yeah. special place is the the quest. Yes, and uh, Maka talks about its special place, but it's in the Lost Fog. So if you walk out there, you can't get it. Only Koroks have that ability. Um, but he does say there's a kind of a green swirl there, and he says you could see a. a, a floating island in the sky he does ponder very um pointedly hmm i wonder if you can see that from the sky <laughs> so that does we wondered earlier if you could get into the hyrule forest from the sky i think you're right you probably can get to this shrine but then if you try and go to the main part you're going to get teleported yeah uh, that makes sense cool. right so yeah, all you um, can get here is this this one shrine, but still, it's a bit of fun. But yeah, um, directly above here, um, well, it's a bit of a journey to actually get onto the island that you're meant to get to, to jump off it. Um, it's actually a whole other kind of side journey. Yeah, yeah I think I... the sky, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I you think do. I did yeah, you the tower. And then from the tower, sort of island hopped along a couple of islands to get here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll go into more detail on those islands and the actual tower itself maybe later, another episode. Because um, those are, there's, there's a bit more to do there. Yeah, because there's like another one of the proving there's a whole shrines. But yeah, eventually we're going to have to go up and talk adventure. about that tower, right? So. Yeah, the Thibble Ruins. So we'll talk about those other islands there. But there is a... The island you're kind of meant to jump off of is the... Uh, what's called Bravery Island. And... Uh, and, yeah, to get that, you've got to... Um, well, it's another skydiving one that we spoke about previously, right? So, yeah. Courage Island, what to say before? Yeah, there's a Courage Island, Bravery Island, and some other synonym for Courage and Bravery Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, valor. Yeah, fearlessness. Um, and on top of Bald's this, Island. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
once you do trigger that shrine though on the Braver Island, it's the uh, Simo Siwak Shrine, which is a proving ground called uh, Lights Out, which is a uh, it's a completely dark one. There's only a few enemies in there, and I think um, you get like shield of the the light devices I was talking about previously kind of fused to them mm. and uh, there's like fire weapons and that the enemies will use against you but it's, it's, it's a neat effect I don't remember it being too challenging don't remember how it being yeah, too I, interesting either no I, I think it's when you first get in there you're like oh it's dark wow this is cool but then you can kind of see Link and you can kind of see the enemies and then nothing else really matters yeah <laughs> So it doesn't end up being a huge ish. Mm-hmm. But yes, if you descend from there, there's a kind of a break in the clouds above the uh, Great Harrow Forest, and you'll land next to uh, Ninja's Shrine. Yeah. Which, as we mentioned, is just a Raru's blessing. Yeah. Which I'm, next. I'm always surprised it's not a Raru's blessing on the skydiving challenges. Yeah, I'd, like but then like I suppose to me. <laughs> really like a long challenge though, is it compared to like all the other kind of shrine adventures ones where you're like a transport and I think as well and stuff like that because there's other rewards well, you can get, I guess. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. The skydiving one, you've got like the added. There's usually an extra time to get the proper reward, right? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> yeah, because to get the shrine, you don't have to do it particularly fast; you just have to do it. Yeah. So it's not really that much of a challenge. Fair enough. Like you off Nintendo, I guess you're good at yes, you the game. <laughs> <laughs> Which corner could be helping next? Um, let's look at Poo Poopunky Poo Shrine. <laughs> oh no, sorry. Let's look at So this one um the shrine itself is one of the pick up the rock, take it to the shrine ones. But with the added challenge that you he won't let you have the rock, basically. Oh, you got to buy it off him with um... five golden apples. Golden apples. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but it does mention there's like a grove on the other side of a swamp that you can go there, like nearby, right? Yeah. It's not easy to get. So it does. It. Oh, really? It's a bit. No. Yeah, I do remember having a bit of a challenge to get them, but and there's uh, like there's some keys and some stalnos and a like like and stuff. Yeah. So it's a bit. It takes a bit of doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I if you just have like five golden apples, then you can skip like it entirely. Like but mud area swamp. Yeah, I think. Even if you don't have the apples, I would recommend still doing it. So even if you already have apples. the apples. Oh, you um, recommend doing it? No, no, I recommend doing it because that's the fun of this yeah. quest, yeah, right? Yeah, that's it's fair. actually the... Um, if you actually had the apples already, the actual shrine itself is pretty much just around the corner from mm. where the Korok is with the stone. Um, so I would still recommend, you know, going to pick them up. Unless you're 
a filthy item duper and you've already got all the golden apples you'll ever need. <laughs> in which case, knock yourself out. Which case, don't listen to our podcast. Get out of here. <laughs> we don't. We don't want you here. We don't want you <laughs> Even though I've done it myself. I haven't duped an item since Pokemon Gold and Silver on the Game Boy. <laughs> I did a little bit of duping in this game. I'll wow. explain why later. Wow. Yeah. Save that for the court of law. <laughs> we don't want if you. you look forward to that, <laughs> listeners. The trial of James J. Moyles. <laughs> And if you guessed it was one of the dragon items, you would be right. Disgusting. Oh, you know their spawn rates, right? It's not that bad. The dragon? Yeah, for dragon's sake. This re- item respawns every 10 minutes. Oh, no, no. I know. I know. All right. I'll explain, I'll explain why. Don't you worry. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll see. You're going to need to explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Deviant. And if you want my position on the podcast when I'm inevitably sacked by these two, <laughs> send us an email. Not angry, just disappointed. Here's what I have to say to that. I don't care. <laughs> Sounds like you do care. I really do. Please don't sack me. <laughs> and then last, we've got None Shall Pass. And None! Shall pass. <laughs> it sounded like you weren't talking about the Balrog, you were talking about your kidney stones. <laughs> oh, I'm a funny guy. <laughs> uh, I don't remember this one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's another stone one, but I think the stone is um, attached to a stone talus. Oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Which is a bit of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I do recall this now. Yeah, just literally mm. beat the stone talus, you get the stone, open the shrine. Mm-hmm. Bob is your uncle. And it's the Sakon Bomar shrine. Just saw the reward for it inside the shrine as a diamond, so that's a pretty neat shrine to get. Mm. Those are pretty rare. You might want to item those as well, kids. <laughs> I mean, in the real world, of course, I'm pro duplicating diamonds because all of their value is artificial. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't necessarily extend to Zelda. I think you're a dirty cheat. Is this our first? This can't be the first time we've battled a stone talus in this game. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Maybe the first one that's got this crystal attached to it. They do yeah. use this. Um, not loads, this but once or twice. Trick, yeah. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of um, even even Tide Island in the first game, oh, where, where one the, of the orbs the orb was on the. Hinox's oh, no, necklace. High Nox. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit fun as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's your three. Does it seem weird that it's three? I guess it's those three and the one in the middle, so it is four shrines total. Yeah, 
I mean, there's well, there's four light routes below, right? So. Yeah. Well, I just think like because four is um, an upgrade. So having a set of okay. three shrines would just feel weird. But three is the magic number. Yes, it is. Apparently not <laughs> in this. <laughs> Well, yes, I think with that, our... Of the Lost Woods. So now, yeah, let's go and talk to the great Deku Tree. Who yes. Who Breath of the Wild players will remember. Um, this was where you came to get the Master Sword in that game. Yes, I am curious. Um, because by the time I came here, I already had the Master Sword in this game. He um, marks it on the map. I am curious... I... Did you think the Master Sword was going to be here in this game as well? When you no, first came here? but I was hoping that he would give me a clue to it. Ah, okay. That's why I came here when I did. I was like, no, surely it wouldn't just be in the same place, but this is where I would go to start looking for it. Ah. And he says like, oh, I can sense the Master Sword, but it's on the move. And then, yeah, like a moving beacon will appear on your map. Oh, and eventually, I sort of, I was every now and then I'd just look on my map and be like, okay, it's all the way over there. And then one time I noticed, like, oh, it's very close to the Great Sky Island. So I went up to the Great Sky Island, looked in the direction, couldn't see anything for ages. And then I was like, oh, it's, I get it. Oh, it's that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. Do we talk about it now? Do you think there's a more appropriate time, like when the game directs you to it? Uh, let's leave it for now, because when we, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. Well, I like that I found it very early and got the sword, Mm -hmm. but without knowing the full details of what I'd, where I'd got my sword. And that meant that it was a very cool moment when I did find out what was going on. Right. So I quite like having it all that way around. Yeah, there's a very uh, pointed cutscene that directed to me where the sword is as yeah. part of one of the main quests, um, which is why this quest felt almost a bit surplus to requirements to you know for the Great Deku Tree to tell me where it was. But more on that much later, I think. Next time, I think we'll probably take a trip round to the foothill stable see what's going on there maybe meet up with some old treasure hunting pals and make our way up death mountain towards the goron city mm. see how long it takes us to get to this main quest i think we're pretty close <laughs> i don't think there's many episodes now between us and goron city maybe one yeah. one or two we'll see yeah it'll be death see. mountain goron city dungeon yeah yeah in the meantime if you like this podcast you can find it on twitter at hyrule field pod we're also on facebook youtube spotify apple podcasts make sure you rate and review like and subscribe tell your friends and uh, if you want to help support the podcast you can head to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius where for just a dollar a month you can listen to everything we make a little bit early as soon as we're done editing and even if you don't want to support i'd still say head over to that website and you can find links to the various podcasts that me and my pals create. Such as, Luke? Such as Luke Loves Pokemon, such as The Game Game Show, such as Films and Filth, the Citizen Kane of podcasts. 
uh, which was theoretically about doing the top 100 and bottom 100 films on IMDb, but currently we're not doing struck work, so it's all foreign films and independent films. And maybe, um, in the not-too-distant future, a little monster mash might be rearing its head again. Mm. Oh! We'll keep an eye on that uh, Tokyo Game Show, eh? Get our walking boots on, lads. It's time for some Monster Hunter now. Oh, I'm going to be all over it. At least briefly. <laughs> yeah. I was reading about it. Um, sidebar, I was reading about it. I think it's definitely a game that will you know, pop more in Japan. I don't know how well it's going to oh, yeah. do over here. I never played the um, the Harry Potter one that Niantic did, mm-hmm. um, but the, the complaint I always heard about that was that it's too involved, right? Whereas Pokemon Go, yeah. the beauty of it is you can play it while walking along just using one hand. Um, and then Pikmin Bloom, the beauty of it is you can play it without even having your phone open. <laughs> you just play it by walking. Um, I think what I was reading about this one is that it um, you're walking about and if you're actively looking at your phone, you can, like, paintball monsters to fight later when you're back at home. That's pretty cool. Or or you might get lucky and a pal- your, your palico might paintball it if your phone's closed. Right. But yeah, I, the impression so. I got was, like, it's you walk to a real-world location and then pull out your phone Stop and do a... Yeah, I think you can do that if, yeah. you, if you want to do that, but you can also fight them at home if you want to as well. I see. So. But, I mean, when I'm at home... I've got Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Proper World, monster. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah I, yeah, I would definitely give it a go, and we'll talk about it. You got a little sneak peek for Monster Mash fans. Yeah, a little, a little, <laughs> little tickle there for you Monster Mash fans. And uh, I know all the Monster Mash fans are also jonesing this week for some sage words of advice from Jazz. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you have yourself a secret room, make sure you build an entrance. <laughs> Catch us next time.